Boy, kingdom is a big word for me. I guess you know that, right? Yeah. And some, it's funny because Nolan, I asked Nolan, I said, what is it that I'm going to teach from? And he said, it doesn't matter. They're going to get whatever you got. <laughs> we know that's going to happen whenever you teach in a school. You're just going to, you're going to do whatever it is you want to do. And there's some truth to that, but I, I do prepare and I do plan and I do think through things. But two things that people normally get from me, three things actually. One is missions. I've been teaching on the missions basis of the Bible since the night. 1990s. When I would go and teach on the Anastasis, I traveled all around the world teaching on the Anastasis. You know what Anastasis is? The mercy ship. The mercy ship. Yeah, it was the big one. 400 people on it. And um, Lynn Green, who was the head of OAM Europe, Middle East, and Africa, uh, couldn't go to teach one time, and and he asked me to go in his place, and so I did. And they said, "We're going to have you come instead of Lynn." So I got to come back all over the world. I was even invited to be on Anastasis in Norway, but they they shifted, and, and uh, the week that they had me, uh, they moved it to England. But I started out teaching on missions, so people catch the heart of God for the nations from me. I'm going to talk about the least reached and the most needy. Um, the second thing that people catch from me is the kingdom of God. And that's as recent as the early 2000s, 2003, 4, 5. And then the thing that's more current that people catch for me is Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I hope that y'all are, are resting better because of being in Starkville and being around the, the talks about Sabbath and those that are, that are already getting Sabbath. Um, and I'm convinced that things are caught more than they are taught So if you can see it, you can have it. A good scripture to remember is Deuteronomy 29.29. And I would encourage you to jot that down. This is a key verse. Deuteronomy 29.29. And this is something that you could use for in any situation you're in uh, where, where you're learning something. Uh, someone is there that you can see something in them that you would like. So could somebody read that? Deuteronomy 29, 29. The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the, re- the revealed things belong to us and our children forever, so that we may follow all, of word, all the words of his law. So the hidden things, the secret things, belong to the Lord. And it's God's joy to reveal it. Mm. And he reveals it to those that are seeking him and searching for him with all his, all their, all your hearts. But it, what this says is that things that are revealed are revealed to us and to our children. Mm-hmm. So whenever someone is teaching, if you see something in them that you like, if you can see it, you can have it. Because they are in a role of kind of like parenting as they're teaching so you can get their revelation and claim it for yourself. So <clears throat> wrapping up a little bit about, I told you yesterday that I had the, um, had the, um, the outline that Jesus used when he was on the road to Emmaus and, and when he was with his disciples in those 40 days after the resurrection. He said, I've got his outline. 
<clears throat> it was half in jest, but it, 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 this is an outline that I want to give you for the whole Bible that is kingdomized. Okay? I can't take credit for it. My father-in-law, Debbie's dad, Brian Hearn, who's a scientist, a world-renowned scientist, he's the one that came up with this, and I didn't realize how kingdom-focused he was until I started seeing kingdom. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put up here just a an outline, and when I'm we'll fill the screen up. By the way, this is a that's a photo from Debbie's house uh, in 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 uh, in Australia. That's wow. the Nandawar Range, wow. and 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 uh, I've got so many photos of creation all around the world. I, I take pictures like this and put scripture on them. Mm. But this is from. <clears throat> When, when Debbie was a little girl growing up in Australia, she was in Africa until she was 10, and then Australia until uh, she was 20, then she did her DTS. Um, this is the Nandawar Range, and I just want to have that as a backdrop, just thinking about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Jesus taught us, our Father who is, who is in heaven, now... This is called the Lord's Prayer, but it's not really the Lord's Prayer. This should be the Disciples' Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is found in John chapter 17. John 17 is when he prayed and said, he's praying. It's he himself that is praying. This he was teaching the disciples how to pray. He said, when you pray, say, you can speak this out. Our Father who is in heaven, that's the beginning. He said, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Do you realize that the first words that Jesus spoke in his ministry, do you know what it was? In ministry, what was his message? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's his first message, right? So he says in the disciples' prayer, let your kingdom come on earth as it already is in heaven. So NEI is our our missions branch of uh, of New Horizons. Through NEI, if you look at those those pages on the wall of there in Asia, since Debbie and I have moved back here, the Lord showed us to move back here, but since we moved back here, we have seen over 50 non-Western missionaries trained and placed in nine different countries in Asia. Okay, so NEI is the the the, the uh, organization through um, New Horizons in which we're doing this. So for NEI, here's what we said. Uh, it's seeking, receiving, and advancing the kingdom of God. So here comes, let's look at the Old Testament. You can take a picture. When we fill this up, you see the Nandawar Range there in the background, right? We're going to fill this up, and you can take a picture of it. Okay. So in Genesis chapters one through eleven, we see the kingdom of God established. Genesis chapter twelve through fifty, we see the the kingdom promised. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, we see the kingdom activated. 
By the way, you see that kingdom grows every time I do this. Uh, the, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and of its increase there will be no end. The kingdom is ever-expanding, ever-growing. So, kingdom activated. Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, we find the kingdom foreshadowed. <coughs> Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Prophets. We find the kingdom withdrawn, but with hope. Do you want to take a picture of that? Anybody? Yeah, there you go. Somebody got, got it. Can I go ahead? May I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, let's look at the New Testament. We have the Gospels which is the kingdom of God at hand. Acts in the epistles. We have the kingdom now and not yet. So we got kingdom here, but it's not in the fullness. And then the last revelation and other New Testament passages. We have the return of Jesus to judge and to rule a new heaven and a new earth. And that is the kingdom consummated. <clears throat> so, if I speculated on what Luke was talking about, I think Jesus took them from the writings of Moses through the prophets and the Psalms, and he lived out the New Testament. And so, he explained everything in terms of the kingdom. So, that's a good little outline for you to have. <clears throat> if somebody says... What, how, how do you see kingdom throughout the scriptures? You can say, well, Luke said that Jesus said it was throughout the scriptures. He taught them about the kingdom of God, right? Mm -hmm. And we know Matthew 24, 14. Somebody read that one. Uh, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. All right. So, you know, this passage is in the beginning of 24. The disciples ask what is going to be the sign of your coming. And Jesus doesn't admonish them for wanting to know, but he, uh, he answers them and says, well, these things are going to happen. They're only the birth pains. And then he finally, you know, gets to wars and rumors of wars and says, all of this is the birth pains. And then he says, <clears throat> this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every ethne. And then my time will come. That, that's the fulfillment of God's heart, is that every ethnic people group will hear the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. You know, I looked up the other night as I was preparing to, to, to teach uh, this week, <clears throat> I looked up in the Blue Letter Bible, I looked up Kingdom of and found all the references of Kingdom of mm -hmm. in the Bible. And there's the Kingdom of, of Peace, uh, the Kingdom of God, <clears throat> the Kingdom of Heaven. Um, there, there's the, no, sorry, not the Kingdom I looked up the gospel of, sorry. 
Now I'm just jumped jump ship here. <laughs> it was the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of peace, the gospel of grace, but the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, and I think there, there's a little bit of a difference there. Gospel of salvation um, is the gospel of Jesus. It's how we come into the kingdom. But I want to propose to you that when we take the gospel of the kingdom to the nation, it's more than just salvation. It's actually implanting in them what you've got already. You came to do a YWAMDTS. Why? why? Why did you come to do that? Why are you going through your training? Because the Lord called me to missions. The Lord called you to missions. So missions is a focus, and you're wanting to prepare yourself to be able to go out. You, you can have other uh, motives, like I want to grow closer to Jesus, I want to walk with them, I want to dedicate this time, but at the very core, there's something about you that is wanting to be involved in missions. You're in a mission organization so that you can go out, right? So you've already got that. So the goal when we go into other cultures is not just to... What, what, what do we normally say when we go to another culture? We want to see them what? What do we want to say happen there? Transform. Transform, that's great. What happens before the transformation? To know Jesus. Yeah. So, to know the word. Revolution. To, converted. to be converted. To be evangelized, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> first priority, we want to go see them get to know Jesus. What's the next step? Salvation. So salvation, being born again, what's the next step? Transformation, good. Discipleship, that, those are terms that come into that next phase. Mm-hmm. What else do we want to see happen in other countries? Revival. Revival? What is, where does revival happen? In the heart. Okay. Uh, if you've got revival, that means you get, some, some, some people need to get vived before they're revived. So if you're talking about revival, where are we talking about that happening? In the, the church. In the church. So for the church to be revived, we want to see church churches planted in other countries. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about missions, we often talk about talk about churches planted. But here's where we sometimes fall short. If you are only takers, there's a difference between givers and takers. If you're only takers. That's not kingdom. Kingdom means that you become royalty and are then able to be a giver. So we want in every country we go to, not just people evangelized and churches planted, we want to see them do what? Send their own missionaries. That's the gospel of the kingdom. It's not enough just to go in and meet the needs of people. We want to see them actually mobilized in kingdom stuff. Does that make sense? So we want them not just receiving, seeking the kingdom and receiving the kingdom. We want them to be actually advancing the kingdom. So the target for NEI is not just going in to do uh, evangelism and church planning. Uh, I've got a whole PowerPoint on this, but it's to see the unreached actually reach and mobilize with the gospel to go to the other unreached. Mm-hmm. I've got stories of how that's happened, how I've already seen that happen. Okay? 
Let's see if there's and that that was some I can't remember what else is on this this slide this uh, PowerPoint, but if, if you want to take a picture of that one, if you hadn't gotten it already, that's that's a that's a good picture of, of that. Shall I move on? No, yeah. All right, I got it. Okay. Yeah, well, that's in the slideshow. And here we go. So, thank you. <laughs> if we were talking about, if we were talking about any country in the world um, uh, finding the kingdom in the, that country or culture, what country would you like to go to? Wait, can you say the question again? Yeah, if we were going to pick a country in the world where we wanted to find the thumbprint of God and understand about their culture, what country would you pick? Ethiopia. Hmm, Ethiopia, man, that would be great. Good. Anybody else? The Congo. The Congo. Uganda. Uganda. This is great. Now I'm getting to know a little bit more about you or your interest. Any other suggestions? Latin America. Latin America. Yeah. All the countries. Getting a little bit of your heart here. <laughs> yeah, Latin America. Latin America. Mongolia, mm. Japan, New Zealand. New Zealand, Brazil, Brazil. Yeah. Anything else? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. Man, y'all just speaking these out. Now remember, in each of these countries, there's multiple different people groups, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to incorporate all of this in some way in what we're going to talk about next. So I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to hear your interest. Any other country? Any other language? Spain? France. France. Really any country in the 1040 window. Any country yeah. in the 1040 window. Man, that fires me up. Y'all realize the 1040 window, that window when I first started teaching about it, uh, the stats were 97% of the world's least reached lived in that window. Mm -hmm. And it was the place where we were sending in the 80s only like 1% or 2% of our missionary force. Mm -hmm. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. shifted since the 80s. Okay. <clears throat> but um, but uh, the stats were, if you put the least reached and the most needy, most needy, those that are the most needy in the world, it was 99% of the world's least reached and the most needy lived in the 1040 window. Wow. Pretty staggering, huh? Mm -hmm. Any other country in the 1040 window that stands out? Lebanon. Lebanon. Israel. Israel. That's great. Any other? India. India is big. <laughs> So many people groups. How many people groups do they have? Do you know? <clears throat> over a thousand. Over a thousand. Wow. wow. Any other country? Indonesia. Turkey, Thailand, and Greece. Turkey, Thailand, and Greece. Indonesia. Indonesia. That's one of my favorite countries in the world. I love Indonesia. I love Indonesia. 
I actually saw I saw a witch doctor in the jungle right. give his oh, life to Jesus in 1978 oh. in Indonesia, and I just fell in love with the Indonesian people. I was in a band, y'all, and, and we were in in every uh, major university and major television station in the 70s, and they'd never seen people with blue eyes. Mm. And uh, they would they would stick their finger in my eye. They were real. Really? Rub the hair on my arm. Mm. They'd say, "Golly, you look like a monkey." <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in Indonesian, Billy means monkey. And we had a guy on our team. He was a uh, African American guy, and he was uh, named Billy. And uh, oh, no. so he got he got uh, folks would mob him. We had had two African Americans in the team and they absolutely loved them in Indonesia. But as whites there, it's incredible. Indonesia, great place. Any other country? <clears throat> Central America. Central America. Yeah. I'm just amazed at all this. Any <laughs> other country? China. China! Oh wow! Thank you. Let's go to China. <laughs> is that, is that what you were waiting, waiting for? I was waiting, oh. but I was enjoying the journey. Let's talk about China. So China. See, when I went over in '78, I got to got to China in that in that 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 music team, and we 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 opened for Cliff Richards. You know who he who Sir Cliff, Cliff yeah. Richard? Uh, he's kind of like the Elvis of England. From back in the day, he was knighted, and we opened for him in, in, oh, wow. in Hong Kong. And uh, he went out on a Chinese junk and went into China territory. You couldn't get into China back in '78, '76. Mm -hmm. Nixon and uh, and Henry Kissinger were over there, um, and, and things started opening up. But the head of the Hong Kong Youth for Christ, as we were on the, on this Chinese junk, I led two. Uh, Two of the sailors on the junk, I led them to Jesus. And I didn't speak Chinese and they didn't speak English, but they came to know Jesus in the waters of China. Mm. And uh, so China was looming out there. But uh, Harold Wong, the head of, of uh, the Hong Kong Youth for Christ, he said, he said, stop praying that China would open up to missionaries. I'm going, why? I mean, you're, you're Chinese. Why? And he goes, we're not ready. Mm. If it opens up, every bad thing will go in there. And I began to pray and say, Lord, how can you use me to go into China? I began to plan, plot and plan. And, and then the Lord began to put on my heart unreached people groups. Y'all, there are over 400 different people groups in China. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a quick language lesson in Chinese. Y'all ready for that? Mm -hmm. and, and then we'll talk about how to find, uh, how to find, yes. Can I video you for the people who are sick? Absolutely. Okay. You can video and you can record. Feel free. <clears throat> so, so let's start out with uh, what 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 is the main language in China? Does anybody know? Is it Mandarin? Mandarin. Mandarin. That's right. Did you know that more people speak Mandarin Chinese as a first language than any other language yes. in the world as a first language? Yes. Really? More, yes. More yeah, as a first language. So more people might speak English, but it's not as a first language. Yeah, English is like the youngest language on the face of the earth right now. That's pretty crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's like the it's that. like the youngest language. Wow. So 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 uh, so so uh, 
so Mandarin Chinese is, a, is an important language, and I've studied it. I spent two and a half years studying it formally at uh, premier universities in China, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and I also, I just love languages from all over the world, so I know enough to get myself in trouble in a bunch of places. <laughs> I don't know enough how to get myself out of the trouble once I get myself into it. So uh, in, in China, um, I, I, I learned Mandarin. That was the main language. And then we lived in a province called Yunnan, which is in southwest China. And uh, we were the first Western family to move back into Yunnan province after Tiananmen Square. Does anybody know what Tiananmen Square is? It was a massacre of students in Beijing when there was an uprising, a democratic uprising in China, and they actually killed a bunch of students, and they booted all missionaries, and anybody had anything to do with the West, they booted them all out. We were the first Western family back into this province of Yunnan. It's a province of 40 million people. 40 million people. In fact, if you go to the province just above it, Sichuan province, province, if it was a country on its own, it would be the fifth largest country in the world. So when you think about the numbers in China, people ask me, do you speak Chinese? And I go, which one? Because there's so many different dialects. Yeah. Shall I give you a little bit of Mandarin training? Sure. There there are four tones in Mandarin, so you've got to sing it. So, now listen. Ma, 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 ma. That's horse, hemp, to curse, and mother. <laughs> so you got to be careful how you sing it. Oh, my. Yeah, right. So there are a lot of tonal languages around the world that you've got to kind of sing it. And if you get the rhythm to it, you can actually get the tone of it. All right? So <clears throat> that's Mandarin Chinese. Now... Uh, if you wanted to say in Mandarin, where are you going? You would say, Niao Chunar. Niao Chunar. That's where are you going in Mandarin. What kind of language do they speak in Hong Kong? Or Guangdong province? Anybody know? What? Cantonese. Cantonese, that's right. So Cantonese is a, it's the same, it's, it's Chinese and they write it the same, but they pronounce it differently. And this is a lot more different and my wife's wonderful English, and, and my American Mississippi English. We can at least understand each other, but listen to the difference. Niao Chunar, and this is in Cantonese, where are you going? Nei hai bingdoa. Listen to the difference. Niao Chunar, nei hai bingdoa. That's where are you going in Cantonese. Go to the province that we lived in, in Yunnan, Here's what you would say in Yunnan dialect. Listen to the difference. And in Yunnan province, there are over 50 different people groups there. More people groups in Yunnan province recognized than any other province in the world. Now, if you want a good book on the peoples of China, look up Operation World. It's written by Paul Hathaway. You, 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 I have the app, Operation World. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it talks about each people group every day. Well, Paul Hathaway is the author of that book, 
It, it was written at the U.S. Center for World Missions in, in California, and Paul Hathaway is from New Zealand. Paul Hathaway actually did our DTS in England. Oh, so wow. Paul Hathaway, the founder of, of Asia Outreach, uh, who wrote the book Operation World. He's written other books on other uh, countries and their peoples of those countries. I've got a bunch of different ones in my office in there. But Operation World uh, shows over 400 different individual people groups in China. And Paul Hathaway and his wife and their little boy came to Harpenden, England and did the... We, I, I, did I, y'all asked me about where I did my DTS, I think, right? Didn't you? You asked me so. that in, in uh, Nashville. Yeah. And I told you I hadn't done one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? Yeah, I, I actually led my DTS. Right. Because they ended up <laughs> signing a certificate. I, I signed all the certificates for all the students that graduated from the DTS. And they had one. I, I just would sign it without leaving look at the name by the time they got to the end of it. At the end, when I was passing out their certificates for graduation, they, they said one more, and they presented me with the DTS certificate. But I actually led the first China-focused DTS in YWAM. Wow. And it was done in Harpen in England. Paul Hathaway came, and I'm not sure if he did the first or the second. And then we did a School of Frontier Missions that ended up placing people in China long-term. Wow. And we would ask for a commitment of two years. We'll talk about this in just a minute because I want to talk to you a little bit about culture shock. Um, because even though you're going to a country that, that speaks uh, the same language, you're in for a shock no sure. matter what. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more graphic because you think that it's going to be similar. And um, we're, we're going to talk about that some. But um, <clears throat> So uh, China has got all of these different languages. In Yunnan province, I'm going to pick one. Debbie and I began praying for different unreached people groups when we moved to China in 89. And one of those groups was the, the Genoa people. They only had like 12, 14,000 uh, 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 people in their group. And another one in uh, Yunnan province was the Nashi people. They had their own religion. It's in the foothills of the Himalayas. Are y'all okay with this? Yeah. Tell you these stories. So we began praying for the Genoa and praying for the Nashi and praying for another group that was Christian that, that God would raise them up as to the missionary heritage they had. And um, so. Um, I'm debating whether to tell you something. What are you going to do with these recordings? They're just going to the kingdom. Okay. So so, we're not currently recording. Okay. Here we are. Oh, we are. If you could just pause, can you pause it and then unpause it in a second? I'll tell you something that I don't want to have out there. Yeah. So if you wanted to uh, say, where are you going in Nashi? You would say, Nurikibu. Now that's not Chinese. They have their own written language, but they can read uh, written Chinese. So, so here, Mandarin. Niang Chunar, Cantonese. Mei Hai Bendoa, Yunnan Province. Niang Kanadia, Nashi Nurikibu. Now, if you wanted, are your minds hurting? Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do one more. 
the Uyghur people. Have you heard their name recently? Yeah. They, they are ones in China that have been yes. persecuted by uh, and, and and put in prison. And uh, mm-hmm. well, the Uyghur people. There's over 20 million of them. They live in Xinjiang province mostly, and they are Muslim people. And uh, I'll tell you my story about the Uyghur, the first Uyghurs that I mean, met. Today's going to be a story day. That's We're going to get a lot of stories today. So uh, the, 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 the Uyghur people, if you wanted to know how to say where you're going in Uyghur, it's Sis Tamak and So listen to this. Niao Chinar, Nei Hai Bendoa, Niao Kanadia, No Rikibu, Sis Tamak and so, do I speak Chinese? <laughs> which one? Mm-hmm. You know, which language group? Yeah. China is massive. In fact, if you took uh, China and India to put them together, you almost have half the population of the world. That's crazy. And those are right there in the 1040 window. Wow. Right? I've got another graphic that I did. To, you know, if you just took China <clears throat> on its own, uh, and, and, and tried to find the amount of people. Just look at the map as, as I say this. Do you see where China is? It kind of looks like a chicken. The beak is South Korea. You see it? Yunnan province is where the egg would be. Um, it, it looks like a, a chicken there. Uh, China. To find the number in China, it would take all of North America, Central America, and South America, pick up Greenland for effect, it's not heavy population, but it's mighty big land-wise. Go over and grab Russia and all of Africa, plus Australia and New Zealand, and you would still have less than the population of China. How about oh, that? My stars. All of it. Mm-hmm. All of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've got the graphic that I did back in the in the 90s for that when I would be teaching. I just want you to get the feel for China. So let's talk about Chinese language. Most of our languages, are, uh, we, when it comes to written, we write them phonetically. So we write it in a way that you can pronounce it and say it, uh, and say it out loud. In Chinese, it's pictographic, meaning that there's a picture there, and you call it whatever it is in your particular dialect. So this is a person. Can you see the person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's a person. <clears throat> this is a mouth. It actually evolved from a circle uh, because Oriental people believed at one time that if you had a round mouth, you were beautiful. So if you want to be beautiful to uh, Oriental people, just... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. So, but it evolved into a square. If you ask any Chinese person, regarding, uh, regardless of their dialect, what these are, they would tell you this is a person and that's a mouth. And if you put these two together, you have population. Mm. People, mouths. That's the word for population. Mm. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. It's fascinating. Doesn't it make you want to dig deeper into it? Mm. When we go into these other cultures, just like Samuel was searching with... Uh, for, for the, the new king and was sent to the house of Je- uh, Jesse, God wants us to search out and find the kingdom. Find the thumbprint there. Right? So in different different dialects, they're going to say this a different way. But 
Renko is the way you would say it in, uh, in Mandarin. So I'm going to show you now how to do uh, the gospel in Mandarin. So I'm going to do Chinese. <clears throat> this works with any Chinese person. If they can, uh, if they can read and write. By the way, I've studied two thousand five hundred characters in Chinese, and uh, it, you need to know about three thousand, three thousand five hundred to be able to effectively read the newspaper. But there are over fifty thousand characters. <clears throat> so learning Chinese is like learning the spoken plus learning sign language. Mm. You have to learn two whole different languages to get the spoken and the written. Wow. All right? So, and if you don't use it, you lose it. So the first first word, though, these I've used quite a bit. And uh, so the word for create, is that. And you can break it into its component parts, just like Rinko, its population was a person in mouth. This is, is soil, dirt, earth. This, what is that? Mouth. Mouth. And you'll notice that I'm writing this a certain way. You don't just draw a square. It has to be by stroke order to make it really work out. And this right here is a walking person. So usually whenever I do this, I get the Chinese person to write it. I'll say, do you know the word for create? And they, will, they would say, yes, I know it. And they'd say it. And then I'd say, well, can you write it for me? They'd write it out like this. And I'd say, so what does this mean? They'd go soil, dirt, earth. What does that mean? I don't write any of it. I let them write it. What does that mean? Because I'm wanting them to discover. I'm trying to draw the seeker out of it. What does that mean? Oh, it means mouth. What is this? Well, that's a walking person. Well, in the Bible, we find that when God created man, he took dirt from the earth, shaped it into a person, breathed mouth to mouth the breath of life into him, and he became a walking, living person. That's so cool. How about that? Now, wow. the truth is, Chinese characters are older than our written Bible. Yep. What? All right? So, second one. I've got so many stories about different cultures, so many stories. But if you want to really dive into this, go get Eternity in Their Hearts by Don Richardson. I mentioned it yesterday. The word for evil. <clears throat> A little bit more complicated. This is the tree. Can you see the roots and the branches and the, yep. the trunk of it? This is a garden. That's crazy. Now, you will notice that there's two trees above the garden. Yes. And uh, so, so the, the, the two trees together in Chinese would be the way you say forest. Mm. Okay. So then we have garden, and this is sun, S-O-N, 
And this whole portion here is the same root for serpent. That's easy. Oh, wow. So when you find evil coming into the world in the Bible, you see man that's in a garden, and uh, and he's told you can eat of any tree. There's two trees there, the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. There's, there's a tree of life that are articulated uh, uh, clearly. <clears throat> but the serpent comes and tempts Adam and Eve to take of the fruit of the tree that they weren't supposed to, to take from and that's how evil came into the world. Oh my. So Isn't this one? The word for boat. <clears throat> this is the word for boat. <clears throat> this these, that's, a, that's a mouth, and it's co in, in, in uh, Mandarin, but it's a coza D. D means the bottom. That's a tuza toe. A toe means the top. So it's earth top and, and mouth bottom. So in this one, you have this as a top. If you ask a Chinese what kind of top is it, they would say it's a fadza toe. Ba. So it, it, this. It, 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 this is a, this is actually the number eight, so eight. Uh, that then that that's not an eight, but they still call it a bazato. So it, it's technically it's an eight top bazato. And then what's this below it? Mouth. Mouth. And this is a small vessel. And that's the word for boat. <clears throat> so, what's the first boat mentioned in the Bible? Noah's Ark. Noah and the Ark, right? Mm -hmm. How many people were in that Ark? There's Noah, his wife, their three sons, and their three wives. You have eight mouths in a vessel. <laughs> and that's the first boat, first boat mentioned in the Bible. And that's mm -hmm. the word for boat in, uh, in mm -hmm. Chinese. That's so cool. Come on. What? There you go. Pretty awesome, huh? Does this intrigue you a bit? Does it make you, when you go into another culture, instead of going in and go, we've got the answer. What about going in and, and doing a little bit of study first? Learning their language a little bit. Maybe you will find the thumbprint of God, even in their language, even in their culture. Now you can go, like Paul did at Mars Hill, he, he's up there, and they've got all of these gods there, there in, in Athens, and he's up there, and he goes, I see this sign, it says, to the unknown God. And he goes, that's the one that I'm representing. Mm -hmm. And he then began to quote their local poets and their philosophers. That's the way we do missions. We go in to find the thumbprint of God mm -hmm. and find what they have already sought and found and lead them to finding the full relationship with God. Through Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Alright, so cool. one more character. This one is by far my favorite. In fact, my oldest son has this tattooed on his back. Really? Yeah. Y'all need to get to meet him. He's our <clears throat> he's our family life pastor here. And his his office is the one that has all the deer heads. <laughs> so the word for righteousness is written this way. 
It's two characters put together. So the first one actually comes from this, which means lamb. Can you, it, it's, they would call it a yonza toe, a lamb top, sheep top. But their lamb actually has two horns, two ears, four legs, and a tail. What? Can you see it? Yep. That's a yonza toe. <clears throat> and this... is me. <clears throat> Confucius used this word. So, my question often is, by this time, I, I did this with a, a physicist, and uh, uh, he, he had uh, come to Bible studies that I was teaching in English so he could learn, learn English. But he's from China, and he always had some pretty weird questions that he was always seemed like he was trying to pull us off. We were studying the Gospel of John. <clears throat> One day I bumped into him at a, at a um, Kroger parking lot. It's where dirt cheap is now. That used to be Kroger's. Yeah. And I bumped into him. And, uh, and I said, That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> he said, I said, I, I really am glad that you come to our Bible study, but, you know, why, why are you coming? I can tell that you're antagonistic towards Christianity. And he goes, well, Christianity is a Western religion. Mm. It, it's a white man's religion. Yeah. And uh, so I'm not interested in that. He said, I don't even believe in God. I'm an atheist. Mm. And I said, really? Yeah. And so I got him to write these characters down. It was on the Kroger's paper bag. <laughs> and he wrote down the first one, create, and I broke it down. And he goes, whoa, we did like you did. Whoa, that's cool. <clears throat> got to evil, and now he's like freaking out. They get the boat, and he's going, I know Noah and the ark. I, we know that story. And then we got to this one, righteousness. And, and I said, what lamb over you makes you righteous? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and he's going, are there more? And I said, yeah, there's at least 50 more that I've got. And, 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 and there's a whole book written on this. If you want to get more into the Chinese characters, look up Discovery of Genesis. But you'll also find it in on uh, Richardson's book, Eternity in Their Heart. He doesn't have all of these, but he had some of them. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when I was studying Chinese characters, I really got into this stuff, and I found it all over the Chinese language. So he's standing there in shock in Kroger's parking lot, and I said, <clears throat> I said, uh, what lamb of you makes you righteous? He said, I don't know. And I said, we've been looking in the Gospel of John. Do you remember what John the Baptist said? When he saw Jesus, and he went, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now he's in shock. I said, so what do you think? And he goes, Jesus must have studied Chinese. No, that doesn't work. And he goes, the only conclusion I can come to is that Christianity must have come from China. Wouldn't it be amazing if every culture that we went into, we went in as learners first to understand where God has already put his thumbprint. See, God is more interested in reaching the unreached than we are. In fact, if we just pray the prayer, use me to do it, he's going to put it right in front of us. So God's heart is there for the nations. 
If you want to take a picture of that, feel free to do it. <coughs> do you have any Y'all more? Y'all got any uh, questions? Do you have any more of those? I got so many more of those, but I don't want to get lost in this. I, you, I would encourage you to look them up. Maybe get that book, Discovery now. of Genesis. <laughs> What's that? I think I'm called to China now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let me tell you about Thailand. I'll tell you about Sing Sok Sit. Oh, that's fine. I'll do that after we come back from break. How about oh, that? Okay. We'll, we'll talk about going into Thailand. Oh. And at some point, I hope to talk to you about philosophy mm. and, and, and how intricate. And this will help you in your culture shock. Right. If you're going to go to another country, you need to prepare yourself for culture shock. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll we'll talk about some of those things when we come back. Any other questions? Any comment? Praise God! Praise God! May it blow your mind up and create in you the seeker in other cultures to look for the thumbprint of God. Let, yeah. let me stretch it just a little bit further. This also applies to evangelism. Mm -hmm. If we can find the thumbprint of God in the individual, we can call them up to that. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to that one thing on evangelism when we come back and then we'll launch into some other stuff. God bless you. Break. That's funny. <laughs> Any other questions or comments? <laughs> Let's go back to the scripture, and I want you to find it. You remember when Jesus said, you are searching for the kingdom. And he said it to a group of people. You are searching for the kingdom. You're looking for the kingdom. But I say to you, what? The kingdom is now. The kingdom is what? Now. Or the kingdom is here. The kingdom okay. is at hand. Kingdom is at hand. Kingdom We're getting a bunch hand, of good yeah. versions. Y'all find that passage. Where is it? At? What's the, what's the <laughs> thing you're talking about? There's a group of people asking kingdom, him. But I'm telling you that the kingdom of God. Are y'all recording again? Mm -hmm. No. Oh. Well, you can record now. I, I just don't want don't want you to miss anything. Pretty sure what you're talking about is called the kingdom of God. You're free to Google it if you want to, or duck, duck, go it, or whatever you use. <laughs> That's what I do. Did you find it? You're going to tell your mom, aren't you? <laughs> it's almost such a funny movie. It is, isn't it? They call it the Shadow of Dialogue. Oh, man. Is there any book that you cannot say that one sentence? <clears throat> that said what? Is there a book where you, you can think of that you cannot say that one sentence? Where you can observe that? The, the, I like Big Bud. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there's probably a bunch. I, when I've been preaching, sometimes Debbie has like gone under the pew. Oh, I'm going to have to tell you all a story about that now. I want to hear it. 
Well, I want y'all to find that scripture. Find that scripture. Where is it? Nor, Where is it? Wait, Luke 17, 21. Yes. Right, everybody get there. Who, 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 who is he talking to? Don't, don't look at it. Look at me. I want you to tell me who's he talking to. He says, you're searching for the kingdom, but I'm telling you the kingdom of, kingdom of God is near. Who, who's he talking the to? The Pharisees. Did you look and see that? <clears throat> that was sneaky. How did y'all know that? You already knew that. It's true. Most of us would think he was talking to the disciples. Read, read what it says. Somebody read it. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. All right, b- back up. Going to go to 20? Yeah, start, start in the verse before. 20. <clears throat> Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in the way that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God <clears throat> is in the midst of you. All right, <clears throat> so I misquoted it a bit. All right, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Any other translation? Mine says the kingdom of God is among you. Among you. Any other translation? The kingdom of God is in your midst. It's in your midst. Okay, any other translation? You read out of ESV. One translation actually says the kingdom of God is within you. This is ESV. This is King. So, tell me, do you... Can you believe, isn't that hard to imagine, that Jesus... Pharisees, good or bad? Bad. Bad. Not In good. Bad, right? Not good, generally. I don't want to yeah. be a Pharisee. It's not just Because they're never really fair, you, you see. see. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't want to be a Sadducee, because they're always really sad, you see. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that's funny. I just want to be a lamb. <laughs> I just want to be a lamb. <laughs> that's a song. <laughs> so Pharisees, you wouldn't think that he would be highlighting that the fact is that the kingdom of God is within you, right? Yeah. Or among you, or around you, and and uh, and yet he does. So if you can find the kingdom of God in a Pharisee, don't you think you can find the kingdom of God wherever you go? Um, how how do we know? What is it that's elemental? foundational in our understanding of people in general. Wait, 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 ask that again. What is it elemental, foundational in people in general? Every person, you can go back to this one point. That we're born and that we're Okay, that's good. That's not, I'm wanting to get something in fact, I'll give you a hint. Genesis 1. In the beginning. In the in, big inning. In the big right. inning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you all know who the straightest man in the Bible was? I oh, know. Joseph. <laughs> Pharaoh said, I'm going to make you the ruler of all. Pretty <laughs> 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 quick. I'm standing in the she place of Hannah my, today. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> You're being too much. Stop that. Stop. <laughs> I like the so, What is it in Genesis 1? 
about all people. Created. created. His image. Everybody's created in his image. Mm -hmm. Did we lose that? No. Mm -mm. No. There's still his image stamped on us. That's the reason whenever we're to rule over everything except for each other. Each other. You've heard me say that, that people struggle a little bit. <laughs> each other. Each other, that's right. <laughs> and we're not to lord over each other in the church. Uh, and uh, but, but, but why? Because there's a bit of royalty in everybody. Mm. Because we're stamped with the image of God. He did it by design from the very beginning, right? So let's, uh, are you coming back? What? I've got a I've got a really good little video thing I'm about to do for y'all. Well, you go and I'll wait. I don't want you to miss it. Or sorry for making her get personal there, but I like your Christmas mug. You know that was the biggest mug that was in there, and I thought, well, I'm going to grab it. Is that like throw it. coat? Yeah, it's great. It was good the, deal. The tea that was there, and I like it. Yeah. Are you a tea person place. or a coffee person? I'm a coffee person, okay. but except for I, today, I probably fix Debbie two or three cups of tea a day. Really? Yeah. Mm. She's, She's English. <laughs> ah, that's right. <clears throat> She's like Austrian English. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's English. Born in she, she was born in Malawi, raised Wait. in Uganda. And then at 10, moved to Australia. Until so cool. mm -hmm. she was 20, she moved to England to do her DTS with YWAM England. She picked up, her parents were from London, so she grew up with, it's dance, not dance, it's chance, not chance. Mm -hmm. And um, that's in, in Australia. They corrected her Australian speaking to be more British, so she got more British. She goes to England, people think she's from either America or Australia. If they get people here, think she's either British or Australian. Mm -hmm. She goes to Australia, they think she's either British or American. But I don't know. Sometimes Debbie can say some things, and I'm like, that is the hickest thing I've it ever is. heard. <laughs> <laughs> when we first got married, I said, first time you say y'all, I'm going to spank your hand. Because I don't want you to lose this British accent that you have. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Remind me after this to tell you about um, about some of our English differences. <laughs> so, yeah, every marriage is cross-cultural. Every single marriage is. Every single marriage. So, all right, so Jesus said, they came to him and they said, hey, uh, do when they pulled up a coin, they said, do we, do we pay our taxes or do we help the poor? You remember? Remember that scenario? They held up a coin. No, they, they didn't hold the coin up. They asked him. They said, do we pay taxes or do we help the poor? And what did Jesus say? And first thing he said. Have you got a coin? Oh. Right? Anybody got a who look, look at the symbol on it. Or look at the I have one. Come on, you just follow me. Wait, you need I've one or you I've have actually one? got a coin. Okay. I'll let you use this. So he said, <laughs> said um, so just hold on to this coin. So he said, 
he, he, he looks at him and says, says so, so whose image is on that coin? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So look at it. Whose image is on that coin? God's image. Oh, yes. I don't know. That, that, that is the real thing. Wow. Caesar? Can I answer? Do you want to see it? I think it's Who's God's him? image. No, that, that, that no. Coin. On this, this coin. coin. Do you Take see? a look at it. Whose image is on that coin? Careful. What was their response? Caesar. 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 Yes. That's that's the real Caesar on the real coin. Yeah, Caesar Augustus. You can't keep it. <laughs> so wait, wait. Come here. Oh. Uh, hold, the, hold the coin back out, and let me ask you the question, and I'm going to show you the video version. This is the video version of what happened with Jesus, right? So whose image is on that coin? Now watch, watch. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Okay? He asked whose image was on it. Caesar's. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar. Watch this. Watch. Render to God that which is God's. Mm. Mm. See, the coin is stamped with Caesar's image, but we are stamped with the image of God. Mm. Wow. Somebody write that down for me. Right? Wait, say that again. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're welcome to see it. Wait, can you say that one more time? Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's the same thing he said. It's just got the video version behind it. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar. He said, whose image is on that? Caesar's. Caesar's. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. But I can imagine Patton himself saying, just as the image of Caesar is on that, render to God that which is God's. Mm. You see, if God has our heart, he's got our coins. Right? Mm-hmm. So render means surrender. Surrender to God that which is God's. You're stamped with the image of God. Hallelujah. (coughs) So, if you find any information on that text, are you Googling that? I <laughs> know <clears throat> my character look. Look! What? <laughs> that is awesome. That may be an indicator for you. That's what I said. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you what did really mean? well with that. <laughs> Found it in a couch. Alright. In a house that we were tearing down. Good joke. And I carried it to um really? to the guys and to the family, and I said, look what I found on the couch. And um, they said, it was a big mansion, about two blocks over here. 
And, um, and I said, look what I found in the couch. And he goes, that's from my coin collection. He said, that's the real deal. <clears throat> he said, you found it. You can have it. I said, Aww. I'm going to use that in every YWAM school I teach in. <clears throat> so. That's awesome. Do you know when it's dated? I can't remember. So, let me tell you just a funny little story but about English. <coughs> Debbie, Debbie, um, we got we, we spent eleven days with each other before I asked her to marry me, and we were married within less than three months. Oh my God! And the doctor reckoned that Josiah, we were mar married March the third. This next March third, we will celebrate forty years together. Wow! <coughs> Congratulations. The doctor reckoned. Rec the doctor said that we were married March the 3rd and Josiah became a reality March the 7th. So we had an instant family yeah. <clears throat> and he was born two weeks early. So it's like everything exploded in our lives. We had an instant wow. family. Um, it's Josiah's birthday coming up? Like, yeah. In the next two weeks? November, November the, it was. Just oh, wow. <clears throat> November 25th. Um, so... When we first got married, Debbie was going through a bit of culture shock here. People couldn't understand her, and she couldn't understand them. And uh, she said, one day she came in and she said, they, I can't get them to understand me at the grocery store. And she was in tears. I said, why? What happened? She said, I just wanted some ground round. I said, you mean like hamburger meat? She said, yeah. I said, what would you say? She said, I went up and asked him, I need a half a pound of ground round. And, and the lady behind the counter said, what? <laughs> if you ever ask her what, she becomes frightfully more British. Oh, no. <laughs> Half a pound of ground round. <laughs> Honey, I can't understand a word you're saying. Oh, God. And uh, she said, I, I left there in tears. Aww. And uh, uh, she, we used to have, when you're looking up phone numbers, you, you dial uh, 411. That was the information number on the phone. <clears throat> she was trying to get the, the number for the local Christian bookstore here. And she said, um, can you give me the number for Hot Song? And um, the lady said, Hot Song? She said, no, Hot Song. And they said, Hot Song? Can you spell that? And she said, H-E-A-R-T. <laughs> hot Song. And she said, H E I H E A I T, <laughs> and uh, she, oh, wow. they couldn't understand her. Aww. So that's that's been a part of our little fun journey. One day, I went, we went to Walmart, and uh, uh, her, Debbie's little sister was collecting erasers, and in uh, Australia, and so <clears throat> they, they we went to uh, into Walmart. And, and I was on the other side of the aisle looking at greeting cards, and she was on the opposite side looking at all this uh, stationery and stuff. And, and, and she goes, I'm on the other side. The guy's standing beside me. I can't see her, but I suddenly hear her go, Johnny, look at all of these rubbers. <laughs> the, the word in, the, in Australia for eraser is rubber. rubber. And I uh, said, look at all of these rubbers. And I went, I looked at the guy standing beside me. He went, 
I didn't say anything. So when you don't say anything, she thinks that I didn't hear her. So she does so it louder. she says it even louder. Oh, no. <clears throat> uh, she, she comments that she found me in automotives about 10 minutes later because <laughs> she couldn't find me anywhere. I just scooted. I got out of there. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my so, uh, you know, it's interesting, different cultures, different things, uh, different backgrounds. So yeah, you call it hamburger meat in, in Chicago. We just call it ground beef. Ground beef. There you yeah, go. Because like I'm like hamburger meat. Like you want some hamburger patties? Already yeah, right. Made. You're already made out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and we find that all over the states. We've got different cultures everywhere. Right? Sure. And every marriage is a cross cultural marriage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, we, we tomorrow, my hope is that we're going to get more into your personal life and talk a little bit more about you. Your gifting, your calling, uh, what made you up, uh, um, what what is your makeup? I want you to understand yourself a little bit better. That's something that my expectation came from the little bit of time that I had with y'all because I can see a bit of the difference in each one of you. So we'll talk about gifts and um, and talk about how that they work together. And really, the heart of it is, if you get God's heart for the nations and the diversity that you find in all of the nations, then you can get God's heart for you and the diversity that you find in yourself and your friends. And you can realize that God made you different, not so that you would clash, but that you would complement. And when we get to heaven, it's not going to be just one culture. It's going to be every tongue, tribe, and nation celebrated there. I could see them in their own um, costumes of, of their local folk uh, in heaven, the multicolored, multifaceted background that God, in his incredible wisdom and, and, and his intelligent design, created us that way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk some about that tomorrow. But let's go back to his heart for the nations for a bit. If, if you're okay, uh, I'm probably just going to tell some more stories. Yeah. Do y'all have any questions, though? Mm. I do. Yes? You mentioned, you touched briefly on the, the tongue thing about yeah. not just in other nations, but also in evangelism. Yes. Can you expand on that? Yeah. So if you can find someone's interest, you can find a little bit of where they might be seeking. There are things that they know, but they want to know more. So if you can find where they're seeking, you found something of the thing of God. God has, has put that in there. So I've, I've struggled. Uh, I, I, whenever I'm meeting somebody, I've got, I've got my interactive ways of sharing the gospel. I could share that with you, but... <clears throat> It draws people out so that you can get to find what's going on inside of them. But I'll give you one of my most challenging times. I was sitting on the airplane with someone, and I'm just getting to know them. They're getting to know me. I'm not sharing anything Jesus-intensive. You know, uh, and then all of a sudden, That's the tornado. Yeah, it's Tuesday. It's a different siren. So that, that's the warning they try once the first Tuesday of the month. Oh, I was like, is that tornado? Yeah, there's no <laughs> severe weather on the radar. 
Amen, Johnny. I heard that. But it was good, though. Mm. <laughs> what happens if it's so, well, then you get down. You go in the basement. We, we don't have any space. So where was I headed in answering the question? Say your question one more time. Or the bird flew off the branch. Um, we're talking about interests and how to connect people. Oh, individual. So I'm on the airplane with this individual. I'm just talking to him a little bit, <clears throat> and I can't find any connection there. No way I could segue into sharing the gospel. And finally, I'm just going, well, what are you interested in? And they said, you really want to know? And I said, yeah. Said, You're going to think it's weird? And I said, tell me. I said, UFOs. Interesting. And I went, Help me, Lord. <laughs> Unidentified flying objects. Yes. Um, and I went to Ezekiel, who saw the wheel way up in the middle of the mm-hmm. air. And I was able to bring the gospel in through Ezekiel yeah. and a, a UFO, a wheel within a wheel. Get, you Google Ezekiel's picture of his vision and what he saw. It's pretty weird. And next thing I knew, she's going, is there more like that in the Bible? I said, you ought to try it out. Go in there and look a little bit. The next thing I knew, they were diving into the Scripture. Why? Because I found something they were interested in, in which they were still seeking, and I was able to bridge them into. See, our goal in in evangelism is not to seal the deal. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to nudge them a little bit further along in the journey. And if you can be... If when you lead that person, they are looking forward to the next Christian that they meet, then you have accomplished your purpose. Because yeah. the next Christian could be the evangelist that is able to seal the deal with mm-hmm. the gospel. So looking for the thumbprint of God, it, look, it's like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Why, why don't I we hide Easter eggs? I had a picture of the gospel being like an Easter egg hunt the other day. Oh, so come on. Really? Yes. So it's really cool. All right. Well, let's talk about this. Why do we hide eggs at Easter? Why do you hide eggs? The Easter bunny. <laughs> Why so do we hide them? So they can be found. Yes. We don't hide them so that they can't find them. That's what God does. Yeah. He draws out the seeker in us and he makes it fun. You know, where would you hide an Easter egg for a toddler? The grass. Very obviously, right there. In, in this room, <laughs> yeah. right here on the floor. They yeah. come in and they go, find the Easter egg. And they go, ah, ah. <laughs> Try that with a teenager. It's boring. Boring. That's why you have to get the golden eggs. You, you, you hide those eggs in the hard-to-find mm. spots. Why? Because you're drawing out the seeker in them. But the goal is that they find it. Yes. And that's the reason uh, Jesus spoke in parables. Most of the time after he told a parable, they would say what? It wasn't for clarity. They're going, what does that mean? And then he goes, gotcha. And he goes deeper. 
So we have, we need to learn to speak the gospel in the mystery and, and speak it clearly. Paul said, pray for me that the door would be open, right? That I might speak the mystery of the gospel, right? So when, when we go in, how, how much fun is it if you're in a math class and the teacher tells you how to do every problem? It's terrible. It's not fun at all. That sounds like fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite class. Just give me those answers. But, you know, when you struggle over a problem and then you finally solve it, you go, ah, God has designed us to be seekers. So if you are looking for the thumbprint of God in evangelism, find what they're interested in. Tap into that and take them a little bit further. Mm. <clears throat> or find what, it may become very obvious that <clears throat> that you see the hand of God on them already and you can speak it out. Mm. Yeah. I, I had a question about something you said earlier. You said um, when we go into the world, we need to have clean hands and pure hearts. Yes. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, <clears throat> uh, God is much more, we can tend to be very religious and I'm using religious in a very um, bad way. Right. Uh, religious in the sense that we make it about the traditions and the laws. And um, and we get into the ABCs and the one, two, threes and the mechanics of everything. <clears throat> but we don't actually address the, the living yeah. in them and in us. And so we can mechanically be like this. I am a church man, Christian church man. I will show you the way. I am a Christian church man, Christian. Yeah. And the world's going, I am a lost man, dying lost man. Who will show me the way? Mm-hmm. And we just pass each other. But when God has our hearts, and, and when, when we surrender to him, in His grace, He begins a purification of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And He leads those hearts to lead us into having clean hands before Him. So we, He works out sanctification in us and through us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Someone that's growing in that transformation and in, in righteousness, then that's what I'm talking about. That's mm-hmm. the clean hands and pure heart. When, when you know, why do we sin? We sin because there's pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. Mm-hmm. We know the end result is not going to be good. But um, woe to the person that enjoys sin and the results of it and can live in it. Mm-hmm. That may be a sign that uh, if they're not feeling guilty or feeling bad about it, there might be something about their being born again that needs to be checked. If we're born again, we're in the transformation process. And when we sin, it should bother us. And, and if we are continuing in sin, just like the, uh, the, the two that I mentioned earlier in reaching that unreached people group in China, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. <clears throat> they did not check their heart and their hands. They didn't have a clean heart, a pure heart and clean hands and and I was admonished by that spiritual father anybody we sent to that city needed to have clean hands and pure heart 
Because if not, they were going to be a target for the enemy and he would have a heyday in their lives. You can't play around when the stakes are that high. When God's heart, what? What's a heyday? Heyday? Heyday is, that's a good old Mississippi term. Yeah, heyday, I don't know what the etymology comes from in that. You going to look it up? I imagine it has to do something with bringing in all the hay, and you finally get the hay to call, come all in. Uh, I, but I, I don't know. I don't see you speak to that idiom. <clears throat> um, so uh, you don't want to make yourself open to the enemy for attack. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27 says this, Give no foothold to Satan. Give no foothold to Satan. So you, you and, and we're also not to make any provision for our flesh, our fleshly desires. <clears throat> we're to flee youthful lusts. We're to run from them. There's some things that we stand against the enemy in, but there, there are temptations that are, that are passions in us that need to be checked and we need to run. We don't, don't, if you're an alcoholic, don't keep walking by the liquor store. <clears throat> you don't invite that temptation, invite the brokenness. So that's clean hands and pure heart. Being mindful of that. Fresh surrender. <clears throat> you know, there is a spiritual battle that's going on. Um, I started a street ministry in Fort Worth. <clears throat> and we go back to it two or three times a year. And my son Isaac went back with me. He, 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 he's been going since he was an infant. But um, I feed about 150 to 200 people every day, uh, homeless folks. And, but it, it's a place where I learned spiritual warfare. And um, I, I saw some of the first demon-possessed people. Wow. <clears throat> Isaac came up to me when he was about eight years old. He'd seen me talking to this homeless guy. And he came up and he said, Dad, what did you just do? And I said, I just helped that guy out. And he said, yeah, but how did you do it? And I said, well, we had a discussion. He had some problems and I helped him get rid of the problem. He said, what kind of problems? And I looked at him and I'm going, you are headed somewhere. And I went, okay, son, he had a demon and I kicked the demon out of him and he's gone and the guy's okay now. And, he, and Isaac looked at him and he said, next time, can I kick the demon out? <laughs> From that point on... <clears throat> Isaac was recruiting all of his friends to go to Fort Worth to the street ministry every time we went. Why? Because he wanted them to see people set free from demons and to realize how real the spiritual uh, warfare is. And uh, one time I was, uh, every time I go out there, all the folks on staff, they know that it's my heritage. I learned about spiritual warfare out there. I've seen literally hundreds of demons leave people. And uh, and so they set things up so that I will bump into someone that's got demons and that I can deal with it. And so they're wanting that to happen. And one time, Isaac had his friends. He's in high school. All his friends were with us. <clears throat> and um, all of this has to do with clean hands, clean hands and pure heart. Um, and all of his friends are, are out there. And we're out in the street. And these other churches had joined in with us. In with us in this street outreach where we're, it's called the dog drop. 
take hot dogs and, and bottle of water and give it give it out to the homeless. And as we were walking up, one of the, the staff on the street ministry, his college student, he came on, Johnny, we need you. And I went, oh, great. Get over there, and there's this lady. And um, it's on a street corner. Uh, two nights before, there had been killings on that corner. There was a oh. police car uh, off to the side. <clears throat> I better put this up. Yeah. Don't lose it. <clears throat> yeah. And... Um, his police car to the side, and I, I began talking to this lady. It, it's very obvious she can't talk. She's struggling. She's not making sense. And, and within five minutes, she's laying on the ground. Her head is in Debbie's lap. Mm -hmm. And all of the youth, we've probably taken 30 youth with us. There are probably 20 or 30 other youth from other churches all around watching this manifestation of demonic stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can see things happening in her body. And I'm simply talking to her and praying for her. And I could see the the awe and shock in everybody's eyes. And I just finally went, y'all, start singing Jesus Loves Me. And they began singing. <clears throat> and um, at one point, I felt a ripple in the back of her back. And I spoke to whatever spirit was there. I can't remember what it was now, but it, it left her and a few other demons left her, and just within five, ten minutes, she was standing on her feet singing Jesus Loves Me with everybody, coherently, in her right mind, complete change. She got on the bus to go back with us to the street ministry headquarters, and, um, uh, and, and as we were boarding the bus and a van right beside us, Isaac came up and said, Dad, you better check on Jesse. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, I said, why? And he said, just go check on him. Jesse is six foot nine, uh, basketball player, big, tall athlete, played college ball later. But Jesse was in, in his van sitting there, and I go up. I said, Jesse? And he goes, yeah. I said, come here. He got out. He was real quiet. He's looking at me very seriously. I said, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. I said, are you sure? And he goes, <gasps> and he bowed over my shoulder, put his head into my shoulder, and began sobbing as he just held on to me. And all of the way to Jesse was leaned into me as he's sobbing. I said, Jesse, what's up? And he goes, I don't want to sin ever again in my life. I don't want sin to be in my life at all. When you realize the spiritual battle that's going on, you don't want to play around with that. You don't want to give Satan a foothold. Give him a stronghold. You give him a toehold, he's going to get your ankle. Mm -hmm. and then he'll get your leg. And before you know it, he's got your hole. And he has a stronghold. You know what a stronghold is? Yes. I'm, let me give you a definition of a stronghold. That's a good definition of a stronghold. Y'all ready? Mm -hmm. A stronghold. Here's, here's my definition of stronghold. A stronghold is a hold that is strong. Wow. That's so profound. It is, isn't it? It is. You give him a foothold and he'll have a stronghold. Yeah. Clean hands and pure heart. Don't give him a foothold in your heart or in your hands. Just say no. Right? Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Y'all want to know the best book about all of this? Everything we're talking about. This is my number one recommendation for everybody. This is the best book on what we're talking about. It's the Bible. <laughs> so I might as well get my dad's stuff out of the way. Thank you, Hannah. I, I felt that through Samara right there. <laughs> okay. So that's clean hands and pure heart. Yeah. Can, Can I read we, a scripture yeah. from that? Yeah. Um, 2 Timothy 21 and 22 says, So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, pre- prepared for every good work. Woo! Flee from is Second Timothy twenty one and twenty two. Come on. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Ah, man! Like Would you text that to me? Sorry, it's chapter sure. Second Timothy twenty. Second two twenty two two twenty two and twenty one. I'm sorry. That's a lot of keys. Yeah, two, 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 two. Two, 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 because some of you may struggle. Have y'all, have y'all enjoyed the different teaching styles that people have in, that have taught in your teaching? Yeah. What, what are some of the different teaching styles that you have? Um, one of our teachers, um, she was right after our advisor trip. She would teach on like creative ways that God is speaking, and she would do like this in past, or you could have like can smell different scents by reading about fragrance in scripture. You could um, paint and read scriptures on McKenna. Creating. Yeah, Makisha. Makisha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I met her the week that I was there. Oh, really? Yeah. He was there when when uh, when I came. Yeah, we've had that. We've had people do a lot of what you do, like telling stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. I call it experiential teaching. Yeah. Okay. Teaching through experience. We've definitely had that. Um, we've had a lot of people just honestly share through their testimony a lot. Um, and Have you finish. taken a lot of notes? Oh, yes. Is there anybody that, that stands out that you just went, boy, I just wrote so many notes? Mm-hmm. All of them? I've gone through yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. notebooks. Oh, right. wow, yeah. that's awesome. I have to take it on my computer. Oh, I'm not taking it this week because I don't really know, but usually I take it on my computer. So I just... Yeah. <laughs> well, um, actually, we have internet here, so... Oh, great. You, it wasn't you, working yesterday, but maybe I need to try it again. Well, or at least my computer wasn't. I don't know the, I don't know the password. I'll try it again. It's the church's it, it's, phone number. Yes, your phone number, Johnny. Maybe it was just my computer that wasn't working. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's your phone number. Yes, your phone yeah. number. <laughs> Hang on. It's been like that for years since we had Wi-Fi. <clears throat> so you want my phone number? Sure. 662-648-9007. Of course. 
Fairbanks. 6489007. <clears throat> Don't post that anywhere. Don't give that out. But I would say if you want to stay in touch with me, the best way to reach me is by Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's what I, I communicate with a lot of folks around the world on that, that and Signal and WhatsApp and, and uh, Rima. So, but Facebook Messenger is the best. If you're in the state, that's the best way to, to get yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I will reply. Some some DTS students take me up on that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Samantha Red Red Redicker, mm-hmm. she yeah. is a beast. She she still she's writing me all the time, and I she knows I'm going to write her back. <clears throat> um, so is a uh, oh starts with an A guy. Aiden? Aiden. Aiden. Aiden Roberts. Yeah. <clears throat> he, he's, he's, he's kind of settled down now. Just, just know if you need to reach me, you, you can reach me by Facebook Messenger. Or text. <clears throat> or text. But it, do, messenger. Messenger. Do, messenger. Do Messenger. He, do, he, yeah. he don't respond a, to your text. I get a million <laughs> texts and a million calls. And, but I will respond to Facebook Messenger. That's the way to get my attention. Text messages are overstimulating. I'm yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, have you noticed anything about my style of teaching? This is experiential. Yeah. What, what you're going to find is normally I will make a point and then I will build on that point and it becomes very circular in the way that I go. Yeah. And I'll come back to the point and drive the point at home. <clears throat> it is yeah, so you take us to China and bring us back home. <laughs> <laughs> you don't That's leave us it. stranded. <laughs> come on, Samir. You're coming up with some good ones. That's it. So, so let's just talk about that a little bit. How? Let's talk about philosophy. If you're going to write a, a paper, mm-hmm. how, would you, how would you start... What would be the first thing you do to write a paper? Research. Mind map. What? Mind map. Mind map. Outline. Creation outline. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Most outline. of the folks from um, the state department say write an outline. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. States folks. That's what comp one and two got us. So <laughs> does that surprise you a bit? A waste of time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Did that surprise you that that I said that about outline? No, no, I don't want you to because I'm going to unpack this oh, for you because you're going to find some difference right here, right now. So. Okay, so Lily said she doesn't even know what outline means. So let's break down the outline for her American style. I'm going to enjoy it. Okay, get ready to be shocked, except you won't be. What do you have when you start your outline? A thesis. Yeah, a thesis statement. Or, well, a title. Oh, okay, I skipped that. And then next, a what? Can I say it? Yeah. Thesis. A thesis. Mm-hmm. Just don't say everything. A thesis. So what is a thesis? Your, your main point. Yeah. Topic. Main thrust. Yeah. How about that? Okay, what's next then? Paragraph. Mm, your topic sentence. Your introduction. Introduction. So intro. When does when does the outline part start? Well, this, before all this. This is okay. the outline. 
Okay, so basically, start start with your some of your outline parts now. <laughs> three topics and yeah. for each three paragraph. topics, but what do you put before each of those? Topics? Oh, the three points. Three the three points, points that uh, are what your paragraphs will be about. Main points. How would I write the first point? Oh, um, I remember. What well, we did in my schools, we did Roman numerals. So okay, like, all right. So number one. Roman numeral one. Yeah. Are you tracking? Okay. Yeah, but just watch. If are you, are we on the same page? Yeah. Right. Start with the Roman numeral one, and then what do you put here? Um, for the intro, maybe some background information. Your like main point that you're going to be talking about. Yeah. So your first main point, maybe. The first main point is what? No, for the first paragraph. So the first main point says what? Oh, make something up. So so what is that main point going to do? Draw you in. It's going to su hook. Yeah, it's it's gonna support yeah. something. Yeah. Support what? The thesis. The thesis. I give up. Okay. So, so your support point one. Hard. Okay. So that's supporting the thesis. Now, what do you do under the Roman numeral one? Roman numeral two. Well, before you get to two. <laughs> hey, explain, it. explain it. Explain it. ABC. Okay. So you explain it with ABC. So what kind of A? Capital. Capital A. And then capital B. Capital <laughs> C, right? Right? Yes. Now, y'all are going, I hated English. I don't know. I hated I did. this part of English. Yeah, I really did. I this this is the worst so part. What does A do? It explains, it explains your support. support. of that support. So this is the first support. And B is the support to the A support. <laughs> okay, and B... Also supports it, it. Does it support A or does it? Is it a second support to Roman numeral one? Mine was second support to support one, but that was okay. So this one supports one. Yeah. That one supports one. Samara so threw a little bit of a curve in there, saying it might support. A. Yeah. What about C? Supports. Oh well, let's just go with the supports number one. It also supports <laughs> number one. So all three of these support the first point. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so what does number two do? Number two is the second support of the thesis. So the Not second is second support of support uh, of the thesis. And you've got your ABCs <laughs> under it. Yeah. And um and then three. Room numeral three. Yeah. And it's support number three and ABC under that mm -hmm. and then in conclusion yeah which brings that all together like basically everything I said was valid because yeah. I said it that's right that's right do this in Europe <clears throat> I love teaching in Europe where most of the, the students are European and you have a handful of Americans, and I get the Americans, they're all out of their element in Europe, speaking, let's just pick England. They're from America, speaking English in England, and now, after they've been in the DTS with all of their colleagues and everybody's gotten along, all of a sudden I get the Americans talking, and they come up with this outline right off the bat. Now, the Germans are sitting over there going, are you kidding me? And uh, uh, now... They would, they would actually probably have something similar to this, which would be like a mind, what did you call it? Mind map. So um, um, 
That's the first time I've heard it used that way. But a mind map, I would imagine, is you, you map out what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. Uh, in, 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 am I right? I feel like it's just to get your head started. Okay. And like just writing down all your ideas. But right now, you have a similar system. Similar ones. system. Yeah. But here's the way it goes in German, for example. And that this is the more the epitome of it. Um, what time did we finish? One. One. Okay. <clears throat> so in in uh, in Germany, they might have point one that supports the title, and then A says one is usually true because of this. But B might say, right? Then B might say there are times that this is not correct though. And then C might say, there's times that A and B are not correct. Yeah. And you go to, to number two, number two may say, there are times that the whole title and the whole thesis are not right. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they are trained to question. Mm -hmm. They are not going to be duped like they were with... Uh, a, a Nazi regime that mandated that everybody follow it a certain way, mm. they are trained to question authority. Mm. Mm. So if you've got a DTS with Germans in it, some of the folks on the DTS are going, what? what's wrong with you? You're so critical of everything. Mm. No, they're being a free thinker, and they're trying to weigh every option out. And and, and once, once the Europeans, and then you can find this in England too, they, they, there is the same structure of questioning, but they, when they realize that Americans think this way, they go, no wonder Americans like that. They're so rah, rah, rah. They make a statement and they drive it home and they get so much behind it and they're going like this. And they don't ever question if it's if, what, what's there. Yeah. Do you see how philosophically... There's a difference, even in writing papers. Mm. Go to China, and you're in a whole different world. You start out here with a point. Y'all, I had a professor out at Mississippi State ask me to correct a PhD student from Korea on their paper. He said, they do not know how. This guy's the smartest person in the world, but he can't write a paper. Mm. I was studying linguistics out of Mississippi State. I did my, I did my bachelor's degree in music. My master's in theology and master's of divinity. <clears throat> and then I went for master's in, in English linguistics. Um, and um, I didn't finish that one, but I took all of the courses except for the literature that was in the course because I don't like literature. It's a lot of reading. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, they said, would you work with this Korean student? And I looked at his paper and I read it. It was in English. And I thought, this is a masterpiece. Why? Because he did it like this. He started with the, he drove home a point, and then he started going in a circle. And here's the way his paper evolves. Oh my. Boom! It's a long paper. And I looked at that paper and I went, that is the most beautiful paper I've ever read mm. from an Asian culture. Mm. It's like a different universe. Mm. Do you know, if you go to China or you go to Thailand or an Asian country, uh, Isabel, 
This is for you in Vietnam. If you go into one of those Asian countries and you're talking to them, uh, if what do we what do we teach somebody if you're going to do business with somebody? If you're going to do business, young man, here's the way you do it. You're having a conversation with somebody. You do what? Maintain eye contact. You look them straight in the eyes. Give stick out your hand and look them straight in the eyes and have a straight conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, look, if I'm looking straight in your eyes and I'm having a conversation with you, does it make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> in China, where you've got almost 2 billion people, the privacy is on the inside, not on the outside. <clears throat> there are homes in Hong Kong where families live in the home in the day and go to work at night, and while they're gone to work, another family lives in the home at night and goes to work in the day. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, they share you home. can't find a place. You, you're, you know, when you've got 1.9 billion people walking around, you don't have your... Uh, here we say, a man's house is... His man cave. I can tell y'all are from a new generation. A man's house is his... Castle? Castle. <laughs> a man's house is his castle. <clears throat> that means that's his private space. In China, somebody can just come up and then just open the door and walk in. Wow. In fact, you say in a in a in a in a in a in a hotel, the cleaning lady can just pop in to clean the room. Oh. Just boom, there she is. She's cleaning. A friend can come and see you, open up the refrigerator, and get something out. Um, they don't ask for permission; they just do it. Talk about culture shock. Talk about culture shock. Yeah. But I had two guys we placed we placed in China. One of them was Robert Robert Buckner. We placed him and Steve Wichert in China. They were just finished their SLBM. They were in their mid twenties. <clears throat> they were staying in in their their dorm room, single bed here, single bed here on the other wall, and the door into the room. Well, Steve got up because he could hear somebody at the door, and they were putting keys in the door. And so he got up, he was in his underwear, and he gets up and starts heading to the door, and the door opens up. It's the cleaning woman at the dormitory. She walks in, and he's standing there in his underwear, and he sees her coming in, and instead of running to his bed, he runs over and jumps in bed with Robert. And they both pull the covers up over themselves, and both of them are laying in the single bed with the covers up over over themselves. Oh, no. Why? Because they were in shock. This woman yeah. had come in and invaded their space. But see, in China, your your <clears throat> private space is on the inside. And the eyes are the gateways to the inside, mm -hmm. to your soul. So when if, if you're talking to somebody from Oriental culture, here's the way that you... Do you mind me picking on you? Of course, yeah. So you're talking this. to someone in the Asian culture, this is the way you do it. You're having a conversation with them and and you would make a point and then and and then talk like this. And so some people here in the States, when they're dealing with Asians, they they think they're messed up. They're kinda of shifty eyed. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? It's not that they're 
shifty-eyed and they're not trying to hide something. It's just a part of their culture and their thought, and it comes out in their actions that they don't look at you very long because if they do, they invade your personal space. Mm -hmm. yeah. Try having a, a, a white family in China mm. with, with, with uh, four little boys pushing them around. We'd go to the zoo and we were more, more of the attraction than the animals, the monkeys were. Mm. Folks would just hover around us. The only way I figured to get them to stop doing it was to stop and turn and look at some of them. Just go like this. <laughs> and they would scoot out. I, I just turn and look at them straight in the eyes. Nothing I could say would change it. But if I looked in their eyes, boom, they're gone. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> this is you'll find this in Vietnam, in Laos, in Cambodia, in Thailand, any of the Asian cultures, they they they're valuing their private space on the inside. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Matt, thanks for that. Matthew, thank you for volunteering. Come here. <laughs> Sweet. So I like to do this in a mixed culture of people. You're going to drop your phone or something in your pocket there. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to illustrate something uh, in our conversation. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> Are, are you enjoying this conversation? So am I. Are you? <laughs> no? Why, what, what would make you more comfortable? You took about a step and a half. Well, I'm not going to move, so what do you think you need to do? I'm going to take that step and a yeah, half Yeah, okay. Back. And then I'll just come back over here and talk to you a little bit more. And I'm going to give you a good old shoulder pat. And right <laughs> I have walked people around the whole room That's funny. doing this because there is a space that we know in our own culture that we feel comfortable. But you go to other cultures and you 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 find a whole different thing. This was this was a really funny one. First time I went to Egypt, I was teaching in Cairo on the DTS. Took Josiah with me. I taught him about Egyptian history on the pyramids. Wow. Okay. So so he was a little twelve year old boy. But we go to uh, when we arrived there, I knew when you greet someone in Egypt do you know what you do? Kiss, Kiss them on the cheek. Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Do you know? I don't know in Egypt, but I know in Ethiopia. Well, in Ethiopia, how would you do it? You kiss one, two, three, and then you continue on two more times on the same cheek. On the same cheek. Yeah. That's interesting. A little bit different from, from Egypt. But I knew this. So the guy that picked me up at the airport, <laughs> his name was George Labib, from Egypt, had a heart for the way minority people in China and we ended up, he ended up doing our SOFM after he'd done his DTS. And we placed George Labib in China to reach the white people. Uh, I wish I could tell you the full story with him, but it was a, it was a bit of a challenge. He, he, he ended up going back into drugs back in Egypt, and he, he ended up taking his own life. And, um, and so it's a bit sad there, but when I first met George, I loved him. We had a church in Minneapolis that was praying for the Hui people in China. Come here, Matthew. Well done. <laughs> so, so uh, George, and, and I, what I did was I connected the praying church for the Hui with George, and they funded his SOFM so that he could go. And, and he went to the first Hui village in China, and it was like they'd seen God. They were in shock because here was the first 
Middle Easterner that spoke Arabic that they'd ever met. And, and they said, please, would you come? Would you live with us? And he goes, I'm a Christian. I'm not a Muslim. They said, we don't care. You're the first Arab-speaking uh, person we have ever had. Please, would you move to this village? It was like wide open arms. Okay, George Labib meets me at the airport. I'm giving you little stories on the side within the story. Sorry about this. I had it all planned out. I was going to go, but they didn't go to the left. See, they oh, go to no, the right. No. So when we both, we, we almost oh, no. kissed right in the middle of the airport. I went to this side and he went to this yeah, side no. and we almost kissed lip to lip. <laughs> you know, there's oh, some no. places you go, you can go sit there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. In Italian culture, when like brothers haven't seen each other for a long time, they like grab each other by the head and kiss, like a big, right, kiss. right, like, right on the, right on the lip. Right That's right. Oh, yeah. Like it's a wet kiss. Yeah, <laughs> right. Big sloppy. Yeah, you know. Oh, my, <laughs> my brother won't even touch. <laughs> oh, my. Yep. When I was in Africa the first time and, uh, and was walking down the street with one of my African guy friends, the whole way we were doing this as we talked. <laughs> it made me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> but he, he knew that I was his friend, and he took my hand, and we walked. That's kind of Do you know there's some, some cultures, <laughs> some countries you go to, like Indonesia, you don't give anything with your left hand. You only present it with your right. And you don't receive anything with, with your left hand. You give and receive with your right. If you want to be really uh, uh, nice and, and proper, you could put your left hand on your right arm so that it looks... Now, in China, if somebody gives you a business card, they present it with both hands, and you receive it with both hands. But in Indonesia, that would be an offense for you to use your left hand. Do you know why? Because they used to wipe their butt with their left hand. They don't use toilet paper there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little uh, there's a little pot of water in the bathroom on the squatty potty. So they don't have a commode. You squat over this hole in the ground, and then you use water with your left hand to wash your wash your bottom off. In certain parts of Africa, they do the same thing. That's exactly right. There are places in Asia, in different places where they don't use toilet paper, but they use... What's your first thought with that? Yuck. <laughs> Why? It's so... It's just disgusting. Why? Because you're getting poop on your hands. So? It's coming with me now. So? What are you going to wash it with? What, That's so? Bacteria. bacteria. What, so, what, so it's so what? It's because it's nasty. Not gross. Be scientific with Unsanitary. me. Unsanitary. Unsanitary. Not bacteria clean, growth. clean, not high, hygienic, not hygienic. very hygienic, right? No. Hey, listen, that same culture, those called you can sit back down now. The same, thanks, Matthew. Give them a round of applause. 
So, so the, the, the same cultures, they also would be those that would eat their food with their hands. With their right hand, and it's communal. Okay. It's always you know, the it's right, your right hand. hand. Imagine. Remember, if, no, this hand doesn't touch that. But imagine if you forgot. No. They don't forget. They don't. You don't. In fact, you if, you forget, forget, you if you forget yourselves, if you forget, you are in trouble. You have offended somebody. Oh, no. By giving something with your left hand. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> or receiving something with your left hand. And when you're eating, what do you think about eating with your fingers in these cultures? Oh, you're right? Why? Why? Fingernails. Yeah. And so, what's wrong with that? They get all built up and... Yeah. And, and so, it's very what? Unsanitary. Not hygienic. Not hygienic. Oh, boy. Y'all are the most ethnocentric group I think I've ever seen. <laughs> you just think your culture has got all the answers, don't you? Well, no. let me tell you this. At least I know which hand I use and what my culture uses. But with you, I don't know which hand you use. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so unhygienic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, but what about eating with this hand, your hand thing? Yeah, at least I know that my fingers have only been in my mouth. How many mouths has that spoon been in that you're eating from? Well, you hear what I'm saying? That's a fair point. Let, let, let your mind get blown a little bit so that, because one of the greatest <laughs> challenges in missions is for us to become ethnocentricity. Yeah. That's where we say my ethnicity, my culture is the right way. When we make it the right way, that means something else is the wrong way. And that is not the best way. To, to make friends and influence enemies. So you go into another culture to learn not just where the thumbprint of God is, but you go in as a baby and learn their culture. Now here's what happens. So we've covered, we've covered a lot. Y'all, do you realize how much we've covered in this time? Usually, I would probably take two or three days to cover what we've already covered. So y'all are listening quickly. <laughs> that was supposed to be fun. I was laughing. Thank you, Samara. <clears throat> so here's what. I did not get that joke, by the way. Well, I, I said you're listening quickly. quickly. <clears throat> yeah, we can only listen that as quickly true. as he's teaching. <laughs> <laughs> so. When you go into a new culture, you go through phases. So here you are in your own life, and all of a sudden you get called into missions and you go to another culture. When you get to that that new place, it usually goes like this. You, You go on a bit of a high because you're seeing things you've never seen. Smelling fragrances you've never smelled, looking at people and watching them, and you're going, oh my word, I have never seen this before. And so you start going through what's called the honeymoon phase. <laughs> so in this honeymoon phase, everything's beautiful, everything's wonderful. You're riding home, you're kind of missing home, but this is so fascinating. And 
it's kicked into gear, your seekerness and your interest in the culture, and you're going, this is wonderful, this is great. <clears throat> but after a period of time, it starts taking a downward turn, <clears throat> and you begin to go through what is called culture shock. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, so... Here, you're still embracing who you were from your own culture, mm -hmm. but you're in a new culture, and you're going, this is pretty cool, pretty fun. <clears throat> now, these are, these are years right here. Okay, Here, <clears throat> this usually happens in a new culture. This usually happens. Uh, the, the culture shock starts setting in at between three months and one year. Three months in one year. <clears throat> so, most of our DPS outreaches last how long? Two to three months. Yeah, rarely over three months. They're by design because if and we would we would say when we were placing people long term through uh, we started YWAM Youth Mission Center for Oriental Ministries YWAMCOM that was before there was a dot com. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and we said if you wanted to join us full time, you had to make a commitment of two years. So that anybody, and we would say you're not supposed to come home even to visit within that two year period. Mm -hmm. After that, you can start considering it. Why? Because the goal is for you <clears throat> to actually come back. And start living as what's called a biculturally adjusted person. <clears throat> that that's you having come from one culture, going into a new culture, having the honeymoon phase, going through culture shock. And in, at the depths of culture shock, uh, I've seen Westerners overseas that have been there between three months and a year going, I only want to talk English. I, 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 it's great doing the language, but I'm, I'm, I only want to watch English videos. Uh, I wish I could talk to my folks. This, you know, back when we went to China, we didn't have the, the internet uh, availability. We couldn't even fax back in those days. It was hard to even make a phone call. <coughs> But we would we had videotapes that we bought in Hong Kong that were all English, and we would huddle in our house and uh, enjoy those English movies and have our little cultural huddle uh, at a point when I was going through culture shock. Got so many culture shock stories. Let me tell you one of them. I was in, we were living in Shenzhen, which was just outside of Hong Kong. <laughs> and I went into Hong Kong to, to uh, bring buy some stuff that we needed. Uh, it's always diapers, pampers. They, the pampers in, in China were not good. So I, I would go into Hong Kong and I would carry these big rice bags full of stuff. And, and I would get food that we liked. You couldn't buy cheese where we were in Shenzhen. It was a special economic zone. Supposed to have a lot of stuff, but they didn't. And so I, I would buy meats and cheeses and stuff that 
we couldn't get in China, and I would bring those back. And I would make, make two or three of those trips, you know, over a period of time. And <clears throat> we were probably six months in, four months to six months in, and I'm in Hong Kong loading up, and I get on the train. To get to Shenzhen, you just ride the train, and I had these two gigantic rice bags, a backpack, all of them were loaded up. And on top of the rice bag, I had a plastic bag in which I put these most beautiful bananas you've ever seen. They were, they were big. They were completely yellow. I mean, the ones you found in China were the ones that my mom said, oh, those are wonderful. Those are still good. Those are just right. And the ones that were brown and bruised kind of looking. She's going, oh, those are great. I like the yellow ones without any more. And I found these humongous, beautiful yellow bananas. And we came, I, I'm by myself. I come through custom, come through immigration. I'm going through customs with these bags. They always let me through. They knew I was a foreigner. No, nobody else came through. Not everybody else was oriental looking. And, uh, and as I came through, I saw a, a guy, he looked at me and said, put your bags on the conveyor. I went, okay. And I put them all on the conveyor. And I'm standing there looking on the other side, and I see this guy on the other side watching my bag come through. And he goes, <laughs> I went, oh, no. He got up and walks around, hands me a paper, you can't bring um, uh, produce into China from Hong Kong. Mm. And he said, what's, what's in that bag? And I said, you know what's in that bag. <laughs> oh. Need your doll. Now, I knew enough of Chinese to get me in trouble, but not enough not to get enough me to get out. out. Oh, no. And I'm mad. I said, you know what's in that bag. Need your doll. And he said, what's in the bag? And I said, your shangjiao. Okay, so it's bananas. And he pulls the bananas out, and he hands me the paper, and he says, you can't bring those in. I said, I come through here often. You know me. You let me. You never stop me. He said, you cannot bring this into into China. And he takes the bag and walks back behind another table and puts them on the shelf back there. And I'm standing there fuming. I said, look, you can't find bananas like that in China. But you can only get them in Hong Kong. And he goes, I know. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, I haven't even eaten one myself. I've ridden the train all the way in. I, I, I haven't even had one. I said, I tell you what, just give me one of them and I'll eat it here, throw the pill in the garbage, and I'll be gone. He said, no, you cannot no? do that. You cannot. I said, I won't carry it in. It'll be in my stomach. No, you can't do it. Now, there's a guy with a machine gun watching all of this. Oh, man. And, and I walked. I said, well, okay, I, I hear you. I'll, I'll leave him with you. And I walked behind. He's going, wait, 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 what are you doing? And I said, I, I just need to do one thing. And I grabbed the bag, and I put him on the table. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm just saying bye to my bananas. I'm going to give them to you. And I pulled those bananas out, and I went, bye, bananas. <laughs> uh, no. And I squeezed every oh, my goodness. And it was squeezing through my fingers and it felt so good. And I wiped those bananas off oh, my hand. My and I said, There's your bananas. Bye. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty stupid. Don't ever do that. Oh no. Don't ever do that. Oh, they let, they were in shock. 
They were in shock. They let you go? They didn't. What are they going to do? <laughs> I left the bananas. Oh, my goodness. These are the things that can happen in the midst of culture shock. You do things that you normally wouldn't do. Okay? So that's the... You, you can't ignore this. Everybody goes through it to some degree. Your goal is you know that if you last through then you can become a biculturally adjusted person. Now, if, if we have somebody that's from another culture that comes to do a DTS, and they're there in that school for about two months, and the truth is, each one of you, just like every marriage, is a different culture. Each one of you come from your own different cultures. Each one of us, you can see things that kind of set you off about the other people. And the potential is for you to become, during this time, a bit of a clash. And God is wanting you to see how that complements. But here's the, here's the thing that, that, that remedies all of this. If you will last through this, you can actually become this biculturally adjusted person. When you have kids in this situation, they have, you have missionary kids, they become what's called third culture kids. You ever heard that terminology? Mm-hmm. They weren't born here in your home place. Or they didn't, weren't raised there. They were raised in this other culture. Mm-hmm. But they don't look like them. And so they can't actually be like them. So now they don't fit at home or in the second culture. For the parents... In this, once you get to here, and you're in culture shock, you're dreaming about everything that used to be so good at home. The foods that you ate, the relationships, the conversations you had. You can, <laughs> different for you. <laughs> so this, this is a normal thing. You, you start dreaming, and here's what ends up happening. You, you go back home, and you find out that everything's changed. It's not what it was back then. Some people have moved. And some people have gone on with their life, and you're different, and they're different, and it's not what you dreamt it was going to be. I used to think, if I just get back to Mississippi, I'll be in the the hospitality state. Everybody's nice there. Wrong answer. I found the same uh, critical, negative German culture in my own southern culture. You hear what I'm saying? So, you've got to if you come from one culture and you've been in another, there is a potential for you to become a biculturally adjusted person. But for a kid that's grown up in this and they don't fit here and they don't fit in what you came from, they actually fit into a third culture. And what happens usually to missionary kids is when they come back to the home of their parents, they don't fit. They don't fit. And the third culture is the don't fit culture. So what they look for is people that don't fit. And often missionary kids fit in with those that don't fit because that's a culture that's outside of that culture. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can unpack this. You read if you're if this interests you at all, I would I would point you to one book that written by a fellow Wellwimmer called Reentry. That talks about coming back home. That's a good book for you to look. Uh, Chelsea probably knows of 
a bunch of other books on, on culture. It's a shop. module as I'm, we're learning about cross-cultural communication. Okay, in, my uh, in your master's? Yeah. So you, you probably have some resources that you can throw out. I'm going to stop with that. I've gone over. Do you all have any questions or comments? There's a, there was a school started in YWAM called Redeeming the Culture. Redeeming the Culture. I'm not sure if that's ever, if that's going still now. But <coughs> what you want to do, you don't let culture dictate to you. You let the Bible and God's kingdom. See, if the kingdom goes through your culture, then it makes it right. You put kingdom as an adjective to anything, it makes it right. Okay, so you let let your culture get kingdomized and it comes into the right perspective. Now tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more about your personal giftings and callings and we'll talk about how we fit together and how God has created the body of Christ to be able to fit together because it's in our unity. And, and we looked at the, the disciples' prayer and the Lord's prayer in John 17. He says, I and them, thou and me, that they may be perfected in unity. That the world may know. How are they going to know? We tell them. In our unity. By our love for one another. <clears throat> right? So, so um, it, it's kind of like the, going to church and seeing people like this look, look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. I've got some good news for you. Well, tell it to yourself, okay? Let your notify your face that you've got some good news. And we do that in our relationships because we don't understand ourselves and we don't understand those that we're called to be with. We don't express the unity that then allows the world to know that he sent them, has loved them as he has loved me. That's John 17, chapter 17, verses 21 and 23. Those two verses. <clears throat> So tomorrow we'll talk about who you are and who your neighbor is uh, that's in the journey with you. And we'll see how we fit together in the, the intelligent design that is there in the body of Christ. Mm. The way he has set it up and fit it so that we, from our diverse cultures and diverse giftings and diverse backgrounds, can walk together in unity to see God's heart for the nations expressed and expressed well. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the first one is in response to what you said earlier about uh, going in and changing cultures and yeah. colonizing. Did you hear about the missionaries that went to Africa and back in the day? And they, they went in and they saw these uh, topless uh, women in, in the village. And um, so as they shared the gospel, they wanted these people, they wanted to change their culture to be more godly. Uh, with the long flowing dresses on the women that were missionaries. Yeah. So uh, they, they, they thought, you know, being topless, that was not something that needed to be done around, uh, boy, my shock going to, to Denmark and teaching in the seminary in Denmark and then going to the beach with the pastor of the apostolic church there and him just taking his clothes off right in front of everybody and diving in the water inviting me to do the same I'm going no I don't think so uh you know different cultures it's yes in Denmark the Germans do that no well they do Danish people do too yeah 
And I mean, I walked out on the beach and I'm carrying three of, three of my uh, older sons. I uh, had a, a baby son and a daughter that were with Debbie, but I'm carrying three of them. I'm going, guys, look at the water. Look at the water. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get out to the water and he goes, but you want to swim? I said, I didn't bring my swimming trunks. And he said, oh, well, I brought mine. And he pulls out this little bikini thing. <laughs> And I go, I'm going, what, where are you going to change? And then next thing I know, he's just ripping all of his clothes off right there in front of everybody and jumping in the water. He was the, the pastor of the biggest church in, in Denmark. I'd just spoken at their church that morning, ate lunch with them, and he took us to the beach. Culture shock, culture shock. <laughs> but this African missionary, they wanted to fix this, so they ordered T-shirts no. type uh, things and brought them to the village and told the people that become Christians that if they really wanted to live godly, they needed to wear these shirts. And so everybody got really excited. They were fired up about it. And <clears throat> so they went away and they came back to the village to find that, that all the ladies were wearing the T-shirts, but they had cut two holes out. <laughs> no. Because how do you nurse a baby yeah. uh, if you don't have the... <laughs> So y'all got more than the one short story. Uh-huh. Let me t- get, this is the longer yeah. one. Sorry yeah, about this. Like, no, I'm not so I'm going to talk to you about the Uyghur people. <clears throat> so I, I, my first Uyghur person, uh, I, I'm going to tell you about that. I got onto the airplane in Kunming, flying from Kunming to Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai then to, to Bangkok, and then back to England when we were living in England. <clears throat> I get on the plane. I've been in China for two weeks. And I'm ready to get some news because they silence and censor everything. And I get onto this Thai Air airplane, and I look in front of me. There's a Time magazine. I go, ah. I pull the Time magazine out, and I'm getting caught up on current events. And I come to a portion in the back of the book, and it says <clears throat> it's talking about the Uyghur people in Xinjiang province. And 400 of these Uyghur had been massacred, been killed. Mm. And this is in the 1990s. <clears throat> and I was grieving over I said, Lord, I've never been to Xinjiang province. We've got over 100 people here in China. We've never been to there. We've never sent anybody there. And I'm grieving over these Muslims, you know, 20-something million of them that don't know Jesus. And I said, God, would you open the door for us to send someone to the Uyghur people? <clears throat> and I closed the magazine and rested for the rest of the flight. We landed in Chiang Mai. Everybody had to get off the plane. <clears throat> we got off, and we all were boarding back on. And as we we're getting on, uh, as I boarded, I, I saw there's three sections, two seats on the sides, middle section. And it was a big, I think it was a 747. There was three seats on the side. <laughs> but in the center, <clears throat> there's this dark-skinned man and four dark-skinned ladies, one one older lady and three younger ladies. <clears throat> and as I walked on, he, he's sitting about two rows back in the center section. And her eyes caught. <clears throat> and he said, he looked at me, he said, hey. And I said, hey. He goes, uh, where are you from? And I said, I'm from America. I said, where are you from? And he goes, I'm from China. And I said, I looked at him, dark skin. I said, John can you speak Mandarin? And he goes, Of course I can, I'm Chinese. You, yeah, I speak about me, you point to your nose. 
啊，我是一个中国人吧。And I said, "Wow, your Chinese accent is so good." And then he said, "Wow, come on, come on, come on." From that point on, our whole conversation was in Mandarin.、Mm. So I come in, and he he's sitting down. The older lady sitting behind him. The three younger ladies sitting behind them. The older lady sitting beside him. <clears throat> We sit down and begin talking. And all of a sudden, this Chinese guy comes up and he goes, "Excuse me, sir, you have my seat." And I looked up and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." And he goes, "Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't have your seat." He is going to sit here all the way to Bangkok with me. We have got to talk. So you're going to take his seat, and he's going.、Uh, he said, "Give him your boarding pass." And I'm going. Is this even legal? You know, I hand him my boarding pass. He gives me his, and he goes back to his seat, and I'm sitting there with this guy. And he goes, "What need to join the number? Your Chinese is so good. Why, Nisher?" He he begins asking me if I'm Buddhist. I said, "No, I'm I'm actually a Christian.、Um, I'm a, I'm a businessman, but I'm a Christian. I'm dressed in a, a nice suit." And、uh, he, he he says,、uh, "Well,"、uh, and I said, "Well, what about you? You don't look like a Han Chinese, which is ninety percent of the population there. You're a minority. What minority are you?" He goes, "I'm Uyghur from Xinjiang Province. He's the first one I've ever met,、mm-hmm. and I just prayed the prayer." Make it so that we could go to the Uyghur. He goes, "I'm Uyghur from Xinjiang Province." I said, "Well, I know about the Uyghur." He said, "You do?" I said, "Yeah. In fact, I know that just in this past three weeks, there were 400 Uyghur that were killed by the the Communist Party in in Xinjiang Province." And tears came to his eyes, and I said, "I want you to know that God cares about the Uyghur people." <clears throat> and he he goes, "Wow."、Well, he said, "So you're a Christian?" And I said yes, and he said we're we're the same. He said I'm a Muslim. I'm not going to argue with them at this point. You know, we both believe in a monotheistic Creator God.、Mm-hmm. And、um, and he says, what does your business do? And I said, well,、um, we.、Uh, he's translating, by the way, to to this older lady that's sitting beside him, and the three girls behind are listening close. <clears throat> And uh, uh, he said, "What do you do? What does your business do?" And I told him about this swine genetics and Kentucky Fried. And I said, "And we also represent universities. We help universities make connections." And I happened to have the vice president of Mississippi State University's card. I pulled out and said, "This guy just visited me in England, and we're representing him to universities over here and building relationships." He said, "What does that look like?" And I said, "Well, we have." Visiting scholars from China that come to America, and visiting scholars from America that go to China, and we help students do the same. He said, "Students?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "How much does it cost?" And I said, "I told him the current price of tuition." He said, "Do you think a Uyghur person could come study in America?" I said, "Of course they could." And he goes,、um, "He said, how much does it cost?" I tell him again, and I'm sitting there just in shock. He's translating it to this older lady, and he turns back and he said, "She said that's okay." And I said, "What are you talking about?" She said, "That's okay." He said, "You don't understand." I said, "What?" She said, "She's the most wealthy woman in all of Xinjiang Province,、mm. and she said that price for a Uyghur student to study in Mississippi State is okay." Now she's writing down on a piece of paper her fax number, her phone number, and her address, and she tells him. Invite him to come to Xinjiang Province. He can stay at my house、mm. as a、wow. special guest. I'm sitting there in shock.
And I, as this is all settling down on me, I turned to him, I said, I believe that it's God that ordained for me to sit beside you. Yeah. At the same time I said that, she was saying something in Uyghur. And he's listening to me and her at the same time. And he goes, oh, what a tin. My God. I said, what? He said, you won't believe it. I said, what? He said, she just said the exact same thing you said in Uyghur. <laughs> I believe that God ordained for you to sit beside us. Yeah. And you were upgraded that seat too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that one, that one wasn't an upgrade. They had a business class. This was the main cabin in that one. And, uh, and, but here, here, here's, here's what, I, what happened to me in that. God cares so much about the unreached um, and the lost that if we would just say yes to him and ask him to use us, he will make a way for that to happen. Now, let me finish the story by telling you this. In less than a year, a young 17-year-old boy from, uh, from Arizona, yeah, Arizona, <coughs> came to us in Thailand. <coughs> He'd just done a DTS. And he did our SOFM. And at 18 years of age, we sent Chas Perez to Xinjiang province, mm -hmm. loaded up with uh, DVDs of the Jesus film mm -hmm. in Uyghur language. And he went into the DVD shops and put them in the DVD shops strategically. Didn't charge them anything <laughs> for it, but he, mm -hmm. he just put them in there for them to be sold to the Uyghur people. And he ended up leading Uyghur people to Jesus and starting a church at 18 years old wow. in Xinjiang province. Wow. <clears throat> Hear God's heart for the nations, for the unreached. Wow. He wants us to be praying for them. The first call is to pray. If you can't pray, give. And if you can't give, go. <laughs> it's That's backwards. Good. Pray for it. Pray for them first. Give towards that. And then some of you will go. All right. Done. We're finished now. God bless you all.